Welcome to Yoke Talk, a look behind the scenes at Yoke Youth Ministries. Yoke is transforming communities by mentoring middle school students, equipping young leaders, engaging local churches, and enriching local schools. And in each episode of Yoke Talk, we have a conversation with the people who are making that happen. Welcome back to another episode of the Yoke Talk podcast. My name is Eli, and uh, we are continuing our series on understanding middle schoolers. Um, if you got to hear our first couple episodes on that, we, we got to hear from some middle school students a couple weeks ago talking about what it's like being a middle schooler. And uh, in our last episode, Jonathan spoke with Dr. Keith Bailey um, about trauma and how that plays a role in the lives of, of middle school students and, and uh, what, what we can do in response to that. And uh, this week, continuing our, our series and having experts come and speak to us on the middle school experience, we have a good friend of ours, um, David Schilling. Hello, David. Thank you for hey, joining us. Hey, Eli. I'm pumped to be here. I, I think, you know, expert just maybe in time spent, right? It's like there's a lot of time <laughs> ministers spend with middle school. I don't know if that makes us experts, but we have a lot yeah. of insight. We got a lot of, a lot of time spent. Well, we think of you as an expert because you, like you said, you've, you have spent a lot of time with middle schoolers. So we think you've got a lot of insight that could be helpful to the Yoke community and that. So um, introduce yourself and, and just tell me a little bit about what you do. Yeah. So I work at Hardin Valley Church of Christ in our, our youth ministry. So that's primarily sixth through 12th grade. Um, and I just came from a, a business community alliance meeting. So I wear a lot of different hats. A lot of ministers do and do different things. And, and I love all the areas that I'm, I'm involved with in my church um, from small groups and being in the small group and like the, the intimacy of knowing people and um, married my best friend in college, Brittany. And we have three kids that we love dearly. And so family's awesome. Uh, we, we love our time with our little ones, they're uh, one, four, and six. So we got little kids at home and love, love being a, a youth minister, working with students, and then love my time at Yoke. Uh, my wife and I actually were on the, the team at Hardin Valley Middle School, and that was right before our third came along. And that, that was one of the reasons we had to step away from that ministry. But love Yoke, wear my T-shirt all the time. Such a, a great ministry and something that I care about even though I'm not able to uh, help with it day to day like I used to. But I'm so thankful that you guys thought of me and said, hey, would you spend some time talking with us? So happy to do that. Happy to be here. Yeah, um, we, we loved having you um, on the Yoke team at Hardin Valley. And um, when we were thinking of, of people who would do a good job of this, you were one of the first people that came to mind because you also spoke at camp a couple of years ago, I remember. Um, and you yes. you did such a good job of just communicating on the level of a middle school student, um, that that's something that I think some people underestimate the difficulty of is communicating the gospel in a way that is understandable and engaging to middle school students. So we thought you did a really good job there. And we, um, we're, we're, um, sad that you, we don't get to have you currently serving with us, but once a yoke folk, always a yoke folk. So you're still a part of the yoke family. So we're glad um, that we could, um, hang out with you today. Um, so I'm assuming that in your role, you hang out with uh, a lot of middle school students and high school students. So I wanted to start out with this question because a lot of times we lump student ministry together. People talk about student ministry, that's middle school and high school. Have you observed any differences between middle schoolers and high schoolers in a ministry setting in like Time. in terms of what they respond to and stuff like that? Yes. And it, it's funny having sixth through 12th grade because they're so different. 
Uh, and, and we try to do events with everyone and we have to change what success looks like. And I'm, I'm right now teaching just middle school Sunday mornings. And that's a really neat uh, class that we have. I think that middle school is really eager and they have a lot of energy and they love almost everything. Uh, and so that's really cool to be around and that they're just excited about stuff. High school, you see more of an adventure um, and a passion that comes out and they want more and they want more responsibility and they want more say, but they still need more coaching. And so the, the identity that I see in the two of them, like middle school really is wondering like, who am I? And I think high school is really saying like, do you see who I am and what I can become? Like it, it, China, it kind of changes a little bit. And then I also see um, <laughs> when eighth graders get to ninth grade, they go, oh, middle school. And I'm like, that was literally just you. Like you, you, you're like, oh, you're, you know, you're so immature and so little. And I was like, that was you four months ago. You know, like, don't, don't, uh, don't, don't be a hater when it comes to growing a little bit or advancing a little bit further down the road. And then you can kind of see that with all grades, you know, and I, I joke that eighth grade is like, I'm like, you're like the seniors of middle school, man. Like you're the top of the food chain in your school. And they're like, yeah, I just want to be in high school. I'm like, no, like you have a leadership opportunity. Like you're such a cool person right now. Like that's a really cool thing. Something that I think is the same for both of them is they can both, they can smell a fake. Uh, mm. If you don't, if you don't like them or you don't believe that what you're saying is true, or you don't, you don't believe the things that you're trying to teach them, uh, both groups respond really well to authenticity. And I feel like a few years ago, I started answering the why question a lot more instead of just like, well, the Bible says, right, from a, a ministry context, or you should do this. It's why. Like, what's the, the inherent benefit to you? You know, why should you do this? Why should you be kind? <laughs> why should you listen? Why, what's the benefit? And not everything has a, an easy benefit. Sometimes it's a future benefit. But a lot of times I think there's an answer that we need to give them early on that says, here's, here's where we're trying to go. Here's what we're trying to do with you. But both groups are awesome. They have different strengths and weaknesses, and it's, it's neat to have them separate and combine. I love that our ministry mixes them up. Yes, I definitely agree with everything you just said there. And also, I, I think even what you're saying about how eighth graders, when they get into high school, they immediately think that they're so much better than the middle schoolers. Like, I think that starts happening sometimes even before they get into high school. Like, there is such a massive difference between a sixth grader and an eighth grader. Like, yeah. just did and. And there's only two years between them, but like sometimes they seem like they're in totally different worlds. There's just so much change happening in that little three-year window. So yeah, and some kids hit it earlier. Like if you got an uh -huh. older sibling, you hit that a little bit sooner. If you're the oldest, you're kind of yes. figured out. And and I noticed that right, my uh seventh or eighth graders that have siblings in high school, they start to look like high schoolers a little sooner. <laughs> they start to dressing and acting and saying like you, you you're you have a different circle of influence at home. You know, you got different things. For sure. So in your experience with the, the time that you've spent around middle school students, what do you think the biggest problems that middle school students are, are dealing with in this stage of life that they're in? Ooh, so I think there's, there's a lot to this. And I was trying to figure out what's the, the couple things that we can talk about. And I think anxiety is one of the biggest ones. Mm -hmm. And I think that everyone would, would agree with that. It's, it's higher than it's ever been uh, among students and among adults and all of these things. Um, I know Yoke put on um, a suicide, you know, prevention. They, they talked about that kind of stuff. And like, like yeah, like that's, uh, I attended that webinar and said, yeah, there's so much that you can trace back to anxiety and just uh, a fear of the unknown and what's coming and having a, a really great um, 
whether it's a family system or a church system or a, a you know a unit at school where people feel like students feel like they're cared for like you see that kind of help with anxiety but that's not for every kid um, I mean I've looked at the the research and the data of my community and I know how many of them come from um, split homes or single family homes and I know that yoke's really trying to reach those kids that don't have a support system and saying like hey we know that that you really are going to respond more to this. You need this maybe more than, than ever. And so I think anxiety is a big one that uh, will be around for a while. I don't know what the, the quick fix is for that, but more involvement with uh, leaders and adults and people that can, can point to them and say, hey, you know, like this is the road to take and this is how we're going to get there and it's going to be okay. Uh, you know, everything that is hard right now is hard. And so having people that feel that and, and understand that and empathize with them, but also say, hey, we're going to make it together. You know, so anxiety is a big one. And then I also see middle school students. And I, I want to see if you see this, too. Right. Like trying on different identities. Do you see some of that? Right. Like it's this outfit or this hat or like I like sports. Now I like music or art or I'm really into this band. And then within weeks, it can change. Yes. And so that's hard to keep up with, you know, because we're like, well, I just I just learned what you were into. And now it's changed. <laughs> but but the, the issue with that is those identities can have life altering consequences. And so if you start messing around with um, drugs, it's really hard to come back from that. Or if you start messing with like, I'm going to try on this different sexual identity. And, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm just trying it on. It's like, well, you can start going down certain paths and roads that are very hard to come back from and that people start seeing you in those identities and then start typecasting you in those identities. And you're like, I, I just kind of was interested to see. And I, I don't feel like in middle school for me, which was a, a while ago, um, I, I felt the need to try on all these. Like, who am I? I, I asked those same questions, like, who am I? But I really answered it um, within the context of like family and friends and church. And now it's who am I in this context of this larger world? And so you try on different things and you have access to more things. And that's scary because some of those are really hard to come back from, especially like if you get pregnant in middle school, that changes your entire life very quickly. And like that is something that was not um, as common that we are seeing more of that. And especially in high school. Yeah. Hey, that can that, that can change your plan. So as you try on different identities, being careful to not um, jeopardize that future, or that goal that you have for yourself, you know, some of those non-negotiable pillars in your life. And I don't feel like kids have non-negotiable pillars, you know, in their life. And it takes adults and mentors to say, hey, what are the things you really want in 10 years? You know, what are the things who, who do you feel like you want to be and who you are? And what are your talents and gifts? And how do you kind of navigate um, that? I've heard it described as a C. And how do you help adults help give students the ownership to drive the boat, but help them uh, avoid big rocks? You know, if you run into a rock uh, in your little boat, it could sink you. you know, so how do you let students take ownership of driving, but steer around big things that you you can see coming, you know, those iceberg things? Yeah, um, I think you hit the nail on the head with those things. And as you were talking about those those two things, something that hit me was I think that that is something that a lot of our young adults and college students are dealing with a lot of those same things, maybe in a slightly different way. Um, but I think those things yeah. sort of come back in the young adult stage of life. Cause that's also a transition phase um, going to college or, or whatever you're doing. You're not in high school anymore. Like it's kind of a fresh start for a lot of people, not so different from moving from elementary school into middle school. So um, not all of our, our volunteers are college students or young adults, but a lot of them are. 
And I think that that's one reason that age group makes um, such a good um, connecting point for middle school students because they are dealing, they have dealt with those issues when they were in middle school and they're dealing with them currently. And they have a lot that they can offer to middle school students during those years. And, and um, middle school thinks they're so cool. You know, they're like, oh, you're, yes. you know, you're the coolest person in the world. And there's that neat bridge and connection that can be made there. And that, that yeah, I love what you said. Every transition, you kind of ask those questions, you know, who am I, mm-hmm. what's going on? Um, I felt different ones of those in my adult life, you know, having kids and having more kids, and, uh, you know, leaving college. There's so many moments you have transition. That's, that's great. Yeah. Um, we mentioned uh, that you have some yoke experience as a team leader at Hardin Valley, and you did an awesome job. So I wanted to ask you, did you feel like you learned anything about middle school students through that experience? I I did. And I learned a lot about myself too. Okay. And and so I'm going to start there. There were, there were days and and this is like to all of the adult leaders and and yoke folk out there. There were days where I sat in my car, pulled in the middle school parking lot. I go there for lunch on Tuesdays. So our church is right across the street and very close. It was easy for me to go have lunch there. I know, um, other yoke folk have been able to do that and, and carve out time to, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, James does that at Farragut. And I would sit in my car in the the, the parking lot and just go, I don't want to go in. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm tired and I've got a lot of other, you know, church stuff going on. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I have the energy to be, yeah, to yuck it up with middle schoolers and to just try to be fun and engaging and like take their jokes and then try to pretend like, I know some of their jokes and also try to not be like too into their jokes that I shouldn't be. And like, <laughs> you, know, you got to be ready for it. And so I'd sit in the parking lot and go, I don't know. Um, and I I'd pray and say like, you know, God, just give me that, that extra joy, that extra energy that, that they're going to need from me. And I never once left the middle school after lunch and said, well, that was a waste of time. Or I really didn't enjoy that, or that really wasn't very good. Uh, I, every time I left, I went. That was important, and that was needed for them, and and I needed that. I needed I needed them too. And so I think for me, what I learned was, it's not as hard as you think it is, and just doing it is half the battle. Just getting in there and going. And once I was in the school, and I was you know moving around to different tables, talking with people at lunch, talking to the kids that came to our yoke program it was easy to, to laugh and talk with them and just kind of you know, talk about their day. And, and the thing that I, I noticed with a lot of them was they, they're, they're eager to be known, even though it doesn't seem like it. They sometimes will give you a cold shoulder or they'll not give you very big answers, you know, very one word answers. And it was neat to see, uh, and research says that like it takes anywhere from a year to 18 months for someone to really open up with you. And so I, as being in that middle school for over uh, two years, you know, seeing that develop, it was neat to see some of the kids start to go, okay, you're, you're always here on Tuesdays. You know, you're always going to be here Tuesday nights and to start to open up more, even if they looked very um, wild or their standoffish nature sometimes looked like disobedience. Sometimes it looked like um, just being quiet, but that they, they did care and they, they wanted to be known and they wanted to open up, but they, they'd push you a little bit and they'd, they'd push you to see if you'd stick to see if you'd really be there. And they'd even like tell you some things like there were some um, random moments in the middle school where someone would, Oh yeah. Well, what are you guys talking about? Well, should we tell him? (laughs) And uh, one of them was, you know, like someone wrote like a a song that had some, 
you know, um, it, it was kind of not the best, you know, it was kind of an inappropriate song that belittled one of their teachers, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, they kind of were like, what do you think? You know, and it was like, well, um, I, I don't know if that's, you know, really good, good for you, you know, for you to feel that, for your soul to feel that, you know, and not, mm-hmm. not always just like, what would Jesus do? But just kind of like, not uh push them away either when they kind of reveal something small you know and it was neat to see and, and look at different kids throughout that time that would reveal certain things and then see what you'd say you know and then maybe they'd reveal more the next time and uh they they did want to engage with you even if they didn't appear so or even if they looked very um rambunctious or wild or standoffish they really did care about being known and knowing you oh man that's so true in my experience as well i uh I, for a while, I was going pretty regularly and at lunchtime at Alcoa Middle School, and awesome, yeah. Um, it was I, it was scary every time for me, like <laughs> just a little bit um, as a grown adult. But like, just like you said, like every time I left, just like um, my my spirit was just so full because like yeah. they're just fun to be around. Like I, I think middle schoolers are so much fun. And, um, I think when, when I tell people that I work with middle school students, sometimes they have a strong reaction. They're like middle school. Like, what is that? Like, how do you, how do you even do that? But, but to me, it, it's so fun. They're so fun to be around. So, but people have this perception of middle school students. They think that they're a certain way. And I think a lot of people are almost scared of them. Um, so why do you think that people have this perception of middle schoolers and how do you, how do you think that people see them? Oh yeah. So there, there is this, this stigma, right. With like, Oh, it's middle school. Um, yeah. and I, I don't know where all that comes from. I think some of it is because we forget our own experiences and we tend to like repress some of the bad stuff or some of the wild stuff, or we don't remember our own uh, craziness, you know, and I, I, they are loud and crazy sometimes, but they also have some of the best ideas and, uh, yes. also, like, <laughs> They, um, I, I went to the middle school once wearing a, a, a David S. Pumpkins outfit that I found at, at, <laughs> you know, at Carm. And it, you would not believe how many people talked to me that day. They were like, oh, it was right around Halloween. And I was talking up yoke. And it was just like, I dressed funny. And everyone was like, I know that from Fortnite. And we just talked. And it was like, <laughs> wow, who would have thought that just like being a little silly um, engaged with them. And, uh, I teach middle school and just recently uh, um, I was talking about like, you know, sports teams and like, you know, your house divided, you know, you got two different groups and one kid was like, Oh yeah. House divided. Yeah. Like a upstairs, a downstairs and a bonus room. We got one of those. (laughs) (laughs) That was amazing. Like I I look at that and, you know, some people might go, Oh, well that, you know, out of touch or they're, you know, immature. And I'm like, that was just genuine. You know, like if you Mm -hmm. see past the craziness or you, you kind of, this is hard for everybody, right? To go slow enough to see the person behind the uh, experience or behind the the outlash or behind the the joke, you know, to really look in and see like, okay, there's there's a reason for that. And there's a kid uh, that's you know lonely behind that or going slow enough to be able to see the person for who they are is something that I don't think our culture builds in. We don't, we, we're never a fast paced culture, especially Western culture. And I think that part of that is we just are quick to dismiss. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. have the time. I don't have the time to invest or figure out. And the times where I did spend more time with students um, and and followed up, you know, like, hey, how's how's things with your boyfriend? You know, or like, oh, yeah, you you gave him your scrunchie. 
and now you have his hoodie. You know, I was like, well, that's a big deal, you know. And just like those little things, um, mm-hmm. going at their pace or going slow enough to be able to really engage with them kind of breaks that uh, stigma or that divide over, oh, middle school, you know, they're, they're so crazy or wild. But it's just going slow enough to hear them and then also remember that you were probably weird to someone else, too, when you were young. You know, you are you might have it together now, but nobody did in middle school. You know, remember that. Yeah, that's great. I I cannot tell you how many middle schoolers have just made me like belly laugh with things that they say sometimes they're trying to be funny sometimes they're not like like but I think that they come up with the best jokes sometimes I think sometimes they're the funniest people in the world so I want to ask you one more question you've uh, given us some some really great insight here today but is there one thing that you wish that people understood about middle schoolers yes so 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 many things but the the biggest one uh, I feel like is that they are, they're so, um, they're so spongy right now. Um, they're extremely impressionable, extremely impressionable. And without a, a coach or a mentor or a friend, you know, like someone further down the road than them. And and when friend, I mean, someone that's older than them, that's being a friend, not, not a peer without someone building them up, they're just going to wander and they're ultimately going to wander until they feel accepted. And so that might not be a good trajectory for them, but it's, it's just where they feel accepted. They want to be known and feel okay so much that they're going to really jump into or try on any identity that helps them with that. And so without people like Yoke going into middle schools, right, it's like, hey, we're going to be a, a presence in the schools in sixth grade. You know, and uh, it's going to be a, a really neat opportunity to partner with churches and to partner with different organizations to like, and college students just pour into middle school because they need it. And it starts um, so much happens in fifth grade now with Mm -hmm. uh, what they are experiencing with um, online and what happens with um, sexual content and what happens with drugs. And you're like, wow, all that stuff's going on before middle school. And so without those um, coaches and mentors and teachers and people building them up and helping them, you know, avoid pitfalls and kind of be guardrails and and also have fun with them. Cause if you can't have fun with them, uh, they're not going to care what you do and they're not going to heed those warnings, but you know, they're very impressionable and without the right people building them up, uh, they're just going to go wherever they feel accepted. And I also think that they have so much life and energy that we all desperately need. And so there's so much that they offer that they, we can tap into. And I love how you said some of the best jokes, right? Like I've just barely laughed, like from their humor and from some of the things they say. And I'm like, yeah, some of my favorite jokes were the ones where kids suggested things, you know, they said, what if we did this theme? What if we did this? Or could we do this game again? Or um, we played some weird game that was like ultimate Frisbee, but we used the trash cans and bean bags. And so we're like, tossing a beanbag back and forth. And we just kind of made it up to fit with basketball. It, it wasn't, but they loved it so much that like, we, we just like scrapped all of our other games and played. And that was one of the most hype energetic nights where just everybody was there because they, they brought the energy and they said, can we keep doing this? You know, it was like, they, they have so much uh, joy that's there and it just needs to be tapped into and, and fleshed out and, you know, um, cultivated, helping them see their gifts and their talents and what they're good at. And then, helping encourage them to just keep, keep on pressing on and making it through the tough things. And also um, finding a way to just be true to yourself and, and have a good core group of friends and mentors and people that help them 
uh, be who God wants them to be, even if they don't love God. You know, that's that's where we are. That's where I'm at. Like helping people be who God wants them to be, even if they don't love God or know God. Like they, he's there. He's real. And he loves you. And he's going to help you get there. So like, let's tap into him too. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, David, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This is, um, this has been awesome. I feel like I've learned a bunch. I think our, our leaders who listen to this will um, learn a bunch and just appreciate you uh, taking some time out of your day to share some of your wisdom and experience with us. And thanks for being a part of the Yoke family. Well, Eli, thank you for having me. It's honored when you reached out. I said, I, if, if it would be beneficial, I'd love to. And so I'm, I'm thankful that yeah. you said, yeah, it'll be all right. We'll see what you say. You know, it'll be <laughs> enough. So thanks for letting me be on the podcast. And uh, I'm always going to be thinking of Yoke and praying for you guys and all the, the leaders out there. It's so important. Uh, just keep on pressing on. Yeah. Well, once a Yoke folk, always a Yoke folk. You're uh, always part of the Yoke family. So I love it. Uh, I love the family. And I guess we'll, we'll go ahead and post this episode. Um, jury was still out, but I think it's pretty good. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let, let the people listen to it. We'll get some feedback. Yeah. <laughs> to learn more about Yoke, visit yokeyouth.com. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes so you never miss an episode. And follow us on Instagram at yokeyouth.